Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sometimes needing new tires can catch us by surprise. That's why tire power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tirepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and getting locked in your house all alone <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> no, you can have your family, sort of. Up to five. No, Nothing. No, can't you, have- you can't have five people in your house, Pat. You're, I, I know you're no. being isolated. There is nothing. <laughs> there is nothing. We can't do anything. Nothing. You only there's a, there, there, It was four reasons to leave your house, and it was pretty exciting. I thought he was going to give us a little bit during the week when the press conference came, because he goes, instead of four things to reason your house, leave your house, there's now five, and I've gone fishing, fishing, fishing. He goes, to go get vaccinated. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. So... As an AFL player, we had the, the lockdown sort of restrictions slightly earlier than everyone else in the state. But as soon as it happened, I suddenly had this, this, uh, this feeling came over me that I needed to get to Bunnings. <laughs> that on the way home, I should just stop by JB Hi-Fi. All of a sudden, places I could have gone to in the last sort of month that I haven't been to, no need to go to them, still don't have a need to go to Bunnings. But I just felt the need to do something that I was no longer allowed to do. I've got. Not, did you, do you feel like that? I reckon I'm, everyone does. That. I'm not dropping names, but there's a few friends of mine who last COVID happened. Oh, I'm going fishing the next day. This and this is stupid. I'm going fishing. They've once fished once since the last lockdown, <laughs> and now this has happened. If I can't fish by Friday next week, I'm going fishing. That's honestly been, what people. Seven, I can't believe I can't go. I, I cannot go to Bunnings. And when, you, be, you want to do it because you when, can't do it. When was the last time you went to Bunnings? Are we allowed to go to Bunnings? I haven't been to Bunnings, but, you know, <laughs> I need to go there. My partner works at Bunnings. I don't know if it's click or collect she's working or if we're actually allowed to go there. It's a, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? Like feel- all of a sudden you're told you can't do something and you just... Like Thursday, there was that many people run, running outside I supermarkets. Out for, I went out for dinner that night too. <laughs> like if we were fighting COVID with toilet paper or sanitary <laughs> items... COVID would not stand a chance. We're gonna do, we're gonna smother COVID with sanitary items. Perfect. I think we're gonna get in trouble for not taking COVID serious enough. The only thing that I stocked up on was alcohol and chocolate, and I didn't I didn't even drink before this pandemic. <laughs> My Jamison stocks are going good. Is there a Jam Jamison on Bitcoin <laughs> or whatever that thing's called? No, it's crashed, mate. Ooh, Bitcoin has crashed. But you know who I do feel sorry for? In all seriousness, now this. So-called breakout. I know there's eighty odd or more hot sites. Sites. Yep. Um, what about poor old Malacuta that's sitting down there? And I'll just say that place for an example. And you've also got Nelson up before the border of South Australia, the Glenelg River there, and that are completely all their shops instantly shut down, and they're minimal minimum four five hours away plus from this outbreak. And I don't think you can 
Yeah, get there within your 5K radius, can you? <laughs> We're not, it's not even a 5K radius. I told you this. Wasn't it 5K? It's, you're not allowed. To, I'm and I'm getting a bit mixed up with Man, there's that many I'm rules. Allowed, where I'm allowed to go with the footy and and whatnot. We're still, like, I'm still, we don't even know what's going on. Is the hubs going to happen? Don't say that word. Well, I heard I on Thursday say it's it's not a hub. It's a it's a place where we go for an extended period of time. You're not allowed to go anywhere else. It's not a hub. It's a holiday in in work. <laughs> at a, at a, look, we don't know. I suppose the. Well, I heard on the press anyone up, that like St Kilda, for example. Carlton, like they've flown out earlier in the week, um, and now they're going to be on a bit of a round trip. We're in it, like Geelong and Collingwood. We're in a bit of a holding pattern. We've got the bye next week, so we obviously play this afternoon. I think, <laughs> I think, <laughs> um, and we're what a couple of days into a lockdown. If after another five days, there's no cases, does footy return to Victoria? There's so many unknowns with it all. You know, but, one thing I reckon I do know. Is I was listening to the press conference for Tasmania on Thursday after the Victorian one. Are you missing Dan Andrews' uh, North Face jacket? <laughs> no, because that usually means we're allowed to go out. It's his suit when we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the Tasmanian thing, and, uh, and he said, I spoke to Gil McLaughlin about the AFL and whatnot, and Gil, uh, Gil goes, um, he goes, oh, we discussed everything, and one of the reporters go, oh, is it potential for the hubs to come to uh, Tas- Tasmania? And he goes, oh, we had a lengthy discussion about things, and I reckon something was in his ear to say, you can't say that, because not even two minutes later, a question was asked, and he goes, actually, I'm going to take you back to that question. And the question, uh, all that we spoke about was that it's potential for a game to be played in Tasmania this year that wasn't meant to be rostered here. And that's all he said. <laughs> I, I love Tassie. Wonderful location. But if you do get a choice of where to go in the depths of winter... It's not there. I'm probably <laughs> thinking it's slightly north. Well, my mother is in Darwin right now, and they're isolated. They've been there for five days already, but now they've got to isolate. You're kidding? Yeah, I don't know how long for or whatnot, but it's so like the backdating of they're the backdating because it was to do with the date of the fifteenth. I think that was the date origin date. Uh, she has to isolate, and I just got a Snapchat from her the other day. Said isolation preparation because there's about there's a heap of them in this. Big resort they've booked. They're all, all my family yep. are up there, and I reckon there was about. I don't reckon there's any alcohol left in Darwin. Mum <laughs> <laughs> and Dad have loaded up with the family. <laughs> <laughs> you were sp- <laughs> you were supposed to pick up your boat early in this coming week. Um, Just keep it. I've got some bad news for you. You're going to be on ice for a little bit, old boy. Well, they're allowed to, from what I know, mechanics in the marine industry is still definitely allowed to work. Can I just put a little asterisk (laughs) next to this? Um, From what Aaron knows, and that is very, very little. (laughs) I know. Go on. I I spoke to uh, Andrew and they are still working, which is good. Uh, Whether I can, I don't. You can't get up there, mate. I I know, but it's work. I need. It's not work to get up there. And (laughs) since you've said it on radio, if anyone spots you with your boat, you'll be dobbed in. I don't think Kari's car's going to pull it. (laughs) (laughs) I need my boat back. I can't use it. So actually, you know what? Andrew, it's actually up for sale, mate. There's a shortage of boats at Melbourne Marine Centre due to COVID over the last 12 months. There's now a new... 
It's done 300 hours, but there's a new six metre north bank sitting there if you want it. There are positives to this. No, there's not. Well, there's actually not. But if you live in <laughs> if you live in Portland, there are positives because not only do you not have to deal with any uh, riffraff like yourself uh, <laughs> heading down the coast chasing tuna, there's been a slight relaxation with fishing in the restricted area, Redmond. So lures and, and free-falling baits. Okay. So they're now allowed. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah. So during the week, uh, VR Fish come out with a statement saying that it is now safe to fish in the restricted zone, which runs from, say... So it's become unrestricted. Or it's still restricted. Restricted with what? You can't use sinkers. So you can use skirted lures, you can gotcha. use divers, you can use topwater uh, lures and whatnot, but you can also use uh, free-falling baits. For instance, if you're pulling up to a barrel school, yep. you can throw a pilchard in, you're allowed to do that. Uh, which, which none of us can because no one can travel there. But if you're from <laughs> Portland, you can go hell for leather. Well, they're not allowed to fish. You're not allowed to fish. You, can wa- <laughs> you can't even watch people. Okay. Uh, you can't do anything. You can sit, you can go for your walk. This is how thrown I am. You can go, yeah, you've got no idea because you're in lockdown since last week. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great that the rule has changed. It must have come off the back of our show last week, Pat. No, <laughs> I won't take credit for that. I reckon there's a few others that have gone into bat very strong to support that. No, 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 no. Let's take credit for that, I reckon. I don't think that's a bad thing. So, are you going to be cleaning out your shed? What's the, what's the plan for the weekend? Because I can't even go to the game today. Go, go. I've got one guest coming over for a week straight. Change of a, uh, he's going to be full and empty at some points of time. It's Jamison Ma- myself, Ma- Michael Jamison, <laughs> and I reckon the uh, the old uh, Jumbuck Spit's going to get a workout for the next uh, week because I love cooking. That's what I'm going to be doing over the next few days. And and you know, people say it's only seven days, but it's actually seven days of doing nothing, nothing other than you you're allowed out for two hours a day to go for a walk, exercise, exercise. with one other person. Is, is I had to leave my kid at home. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can we? And I apologise to everyone listening because we really have gone off topic. You're having a few dog issues at the moment. <laughs> a few dog issues. Does so, anyone want a hundred kilo Great Dane? <laughs> and Aaron's like sort of joking-ish, but he's being deadly serious. After going, you went up north of Queensland, ago, yeah. Came home, and the I don't know. I'll call it Maccabi Diva. The things <laughs> freaking massive had shat everywhere. The poor guy got locked in the house and. Uh, couldn't get out to the toilet, which is toilet chamber. I feel sorry for him. He'd done, he'd worked himself up with his anxiety issues. And people say you've got anxiety issues. We're on our fourth behavioural expert. I thought thousands you, of I, dollars. I honestly thought you were about to say we're on our fourth lockdown. And <laughs> this was, is actually the reason of COVID. COVID has caused our anxiety issue that we have with this dog. So. I'm actually in the process of... Um, so whatever you've spent on, you've had to get the steam cleaners come through. At least the house is clean now. Oh, and the tablets that they all recommend you don't work, so don't try it if they recommend you that. We've tried all this medication for our poor dog, and all he wants to do is just be with us. And he's a fantastic dog otherwise. So later in the show on uh, on uh, the social club, we're giving away a 95 kilo great game. <laughs> for the best question that you can send in. Uh, in all serious, Redmond, we've got a... We've, we're a little worked out, but we've got a great 
show heading your way this morning off the back of the uh, Australia-made week where everyone's been promoting buying Australian-made products. Uh, we're going to chat to the boys from Gillies and we're going to talk about the Tassie Devils, which are made in Australia, uh, a great Aussie brand. And success story right around the globe have been such a phenomenal lure for so many different uh, species. Uh, I'm not sure if your week in fishing is all that relevant. You obviously haven't had your boat, but you have had a chance to get out. Well, I loaded you up with some whiting. You did. I uh, dropped it off to your father. Did a sneaky drop off to your front door, I think. So uh, I was kind of nice. I got out during the week and it was... Well, that was Thursday, so it wasn't well, exactly a sneaky drop off. No, it wasn't. A sneaky drop off. No. I wasn't driving a Mogs. Your dad was in Geelong. I was in Geelong. It worked well. <laughs> I dropped off some fish to you, which was good. That was from whiting during the week and they went really well. And basically, the report this week is going to be... I've got nothing because you can't fish. You're just going to have to stay home and get some stuff ready. I, well, I, as much as you, nah, you've always got something to do with it, whether it's your boat or your gear or your shed. So instead of just sitting there and whinging and moaning and have a bit of a laugh like sort of we sort of have uh, today, we're trying to put a positive vibe to it, I guess you could say. And I, what, what I will be doing is I'll be definitely getting my barrel, barrel reels and rods ready. So, well, your rods and reels ready. I, I was just about to say... <laughs> You're getting my barrel rods and reels ready, which when I got them, they were brand new. Oh, they're stuffed now. They don't even wind. And I actually have to wrench it in. You're with my not hands. even. You're not even joking. We can't even. We can't even cross the border to get to beautiful South Australia. I may not come back after we play against Port Adelaide over there. No, do you know there's a chance this is our last show together? Well, when I say together in Victoria again, yeah, absolutely. Because there's a chance that you're in a hub. <laughs> Sorry to say that. Don't say the hub word. Anyway, plenty more real adventures following the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. You're listening to Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood as we delve into all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors and, of course, being locked at home alone, which most of us are at the moment in Victoria. Uh, let's head over the well, – not over the border, over to the other side of Australia. We're not allowed <laughs> – we have seen... WA is locked hard. Well, they've been trying to separate from the rest of Australia <laughs> for quite some time. Uh, but the bins across Western Australia, there's been some fascinating findings, Redmond. Yeah, before we get into the social club, it's this is pretty cool. There, and there are some around Victoria, and I don't think maybe enough going off what we're reading here, is the real in bins, which is basically bins at the end of the piers and boat ramps and whatnot. Jetties. Been, jetties yeah. been put in place uh, to collect basically rubbish and I reckon what it does actually instead of leaving it on the ground it actually triggers your head when you see it as you walk to the pier oh, there was a bin at the end of the pier right like an actual yep. specific so it makes you sort of do it which is great and I, I you know I hate littering it's one of my pet haze I can't stand littering so I've always tried to make an effort to pick up crap basically but this the bins right across WA WA from 2013 have collected 139 kilometers of fishing line which is 139 kilometres is a lot of fishing line. It's amazing. 22,000 hooks, Pat. 1,400 bait bags. So they are working. They are Absolutely. they are working extremely, extremely well. So well done to the guys that are in WA actually using the bins for what they're used for. But uh, I reckon we should see these spread across the country a little bit more, Pat, because they are, they are working. They trigger your brain to make you actually use them. And even just reading stuff like that, I reckon that's like you think about it in your head, 139 kilometres of fishing line, that's further than from here to Melbourne. Like, mm. it's a long bloody way. So, good on you. Well done, WA. Uh, during the week, or last week, uh, Sanctuary 
Cove, they had their boat show, and it was the best boat show uh, in decades. And quite clearly, the Australian boating industry has bounced back incredibly strong from the, the pandemic. There's been a record number of people not only flooding through, but also, uh, and I forget the exact number of how many people went through Redmond, but the number of boats that they've sold has been um, drastically um, increased from, I think, the last records that they had the, the previous year because obviously it was COVID affected last year um, were enormous. So great signs if you're in the the boating industry, you're looking to get into your, into the marine industry. That's a bit more challenging because of the weight on boats, but good signs all around. There's a six minute North Bank at Andrews. Anyone's out of state that wants to buy it, <laughs> I can't use it. So you might as well half price as well. Well, there's a, there was a, I think it was just under twelve million dollar. Um, I think it was a Horizon that was sold on the first day. So there's there's a bit floating around Redmond. It's safe to say. Well. Also floating around, we've got a few questions to answer, Patrick. It is now time for the social club. And if you do have a question for Patrick or myself to answer, make sure you send it in via our Real Adventures app, which you can download on any smart device. And it's also got plenty of recipes in there, Patrick, that uh, Sammy Goodwin and myself have also uh, tested out quite a few times. There's some good ones on there. And the first question is from Jesse asking myself a question. Far away, Patrick. Any tips on how to get tuna past seals down here in Tassie? It's pretty disappointing just bringing in their heads. And I'm looking at a few of the photos here, and if you look up on your screen, Pat, I've just flicked them over to your phone there. It's uh, some fascinating some great photos. <laughs> well done, Jess. You got That's one, you got one past them, which is fantastic, but could have had dozens, but after fighting one for over 20 minutes and seeing it get massacred, uh, massacred is not the thing that he wanted to see. So, little trick. I've got a, a couple of ways to do it. Now, you go home, you take it, for instance, oh, sorry, you go fishing, you get a... We're all at home, Steve. <laughs> you go we You're are, at home. We are all at home. <laughs> You're from your we previous... We get it. We get it. I'm, I'm trying to... But those in Tassie aren't, so that's why the wonderful show Real Adventures, we had national right around the country. Well, I'm going to answer his question while you're carrying away with you were at home. Sorry. <laughs> We've got... So he's just gone home and cleaned that fish. Now, next time you go out, defrost that head, take that head that you've kept if you haven't eaten it or whatnot, and take it out with you out of the freezer and actually defrost it. Now, when you're fighting that fish, and quite often the seal don't hit them straight away when you're fighting it. Like, I think he even said 20 minutes into fighting one. When you see the seals coming, throw that head actually into the water. And then the seals will get hopefully distracted by that yep. rather than... You've also got other fish that you might have caught at other times in the freezer and frames and whatnot. Use stuff to distract them. Because they're playful. They're, to be honest with you, they're probably not even going to eat that fish. They're just there to play with it. That's yeah. what they do. They're pricks of things at, at times, but distract it. Another good thing is that head that you, you've lost, uh, and I, I say the head that you've lost because I'm seeing a photo here. Of, well, the body. Uh, you, you've, got the, you've got the head. You've just lost the body. You've literally got the head. So distract it with that head. So actually throw that head. Keep that head. Don't throw it over once you get it in. Keep it until you hook up again and do the same thing. And another good way, like, you, you can't... This is... I'm talking about this is a 50-50 chance of working. Like, this is you just things to try. And you've also got the option of don't let it take the fish. So fight up your drags a bit more. Up your drags. Use slightly heavier gear if you do want to get them in as such. Use slightly heavier gear. Use Pat's 50 wide. And also... And also... Uh, that Aaron's got that use he's destroyed. The, use the boat to protect the fish. So actually by putting your boat over the top of the fish, 
um, will protect it as it's coming up. What's, I know the what's, seals- the, what's the balance, okay, of, of putting your boat between the seal and the fish, but being really mindful that you do not want to graze the boat clearly on any of your line because you risk losing the fish. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You've got you've got to you've got to remember that the, you're only moving the boat over the top of the fish to try and spook the seal. So you got to you forget that there's also forty meters or hundred meters of water below you. The fish can uh, the seal can actually swim in to beat you. So there's numerous different reasons the seal's got to, uh, so much advantage is over you. So just you you want to want to you want to keep the line tight. But if you can keep that fish straight up and down, as it gets close to the boat, you've got more chance of gaffing it. The seal also needs to come up for air, and it can't come up if the boat's over the top of it. It needs to move away from it also. And just be aggressive when it gets it. So when the seal actually grabs your fish, get over to that fish as quick as you can, in gear, over the top of it, and get your mate on the rod to start cranking and whining as quick as he can, and you've got a good chance of actually getting the flesh back with only a bite mark in it, which you can just tidy up when you do get it on the boat. So... A few ways there, Jesse. I hope that uh, I hope that does help you out when you head out of Tassie chasing uh, the tuna again. Next question is from Ray, and it's going straight to you, Patrick. Boys, I'm a huge Cats fan. Danger, how is the leg travelling, and when is your plan to be back playing? Be back playing. P.S. Love the show, boys. Well, it's coming along, Ray. I was I was hopeful, not hopeful. I wanted to play this week, but the wiser heads prevailed. But given we've got the bye coming this week. Anyone that hasn't been injured will have sort of, I think it's about four days off. So you can go nowhere. So the boys can just sit at home for the next four days. Um, and then prepare to play against Port Adelaide, basically. So syndesmosis, and we've seen so many of these injuries right around um, the competition this year. Once upon a time, it would have just been graded and called a high-grade ankle sprain rather than what it's referred to as now. So it's like a fracture, or it is a fracture. Well, it's, it's a splitting between the um, the tibia and the fibula, essentially, and the movement that happens there is how they grate it. Um, and then there's some pulling of the ligaments around that, that syndesmosis. So it's a bit like w- when we heard so much about uh, OP in the early 2000s, and everything that was anything to do with groin pain was diagnosed as OP. Previously to that, it was diagnosed in the 90s as a sports hernia. I've got a sports hernia. But we know so much more around how the body functions now that we understand the intricacies around whether it be groin rehab or ankle joints and the different mechanisms and and, and different parts of the joint that you know now form an opinion on what it is that a player has done. So um, a long-winded answer to... Basically, be hopefully put a put Adelaide next week, and if Vic stays in the lockdown, I might just um, pull up stumps at the beautiful Henley, <laughs> Henley Beach again, and um, and not come back. Uh, Brenton <laughs> Red, you always talk about changing depths when whiting fishing. What is your reason behind this? It's a good question. You might be coming off the back of my report last week when we were allowed to do stuff. But uh, it was, it's uh, it's crucial to follow your depths uh, regarding your tidal movements. So what I mean by that is during the week I fished the whiting and did really, really well. But I actually fished in 12 to 14 metres of water on this little edge there. And the reason I did that is as we're approaching that moon, I'm not sure if you heard about this as well, Pat, there was a moon that was cool during the week on every social media platform possible. But it was uh, that moon there had really poor tides on the lead up to it. 
So I had to push deep to get, uh, and we had such no swell, such clear days. So I actually had to push deep. I wasn't going to catch anything. I tried in close. I tried up to six meters, couldn't get anything. So I'm like, stuff it. I'll get off the back of the drop-off into that 10 plus meters and, and start to look through there. And sure enough, that's where they all were. And there was so many fish there. And that's why I fished there. It's also crucial to get off banks too. So your depth, for instance, if we're on a massive tide, what we are now, I wouldn't be able to fish out in that deep because I'd be using 10-ounce sinkers, which are heavier than the bloody whiting we're catching. So you wouldn't be able to use that. So when you do follow your tides, you need to find banks and edges that have either tide running off them if you're trying to find tide, or if they're running quick, you can get up on those banks and actually fish on there where the fish are actually getting a little bit out of the tide. So that's the reasons why... We are why we're actually fishing the different banks and whatnot, and uh, whiting can be hard to get like that. And uh, you need to work them out, and you're going to catch a lot more fish. Good on you, Brenton. Uh, well done, Jess. I think Jess this week wins our real brand fishing top and fishing hat. So we'll shoot that out to you, Jesse. Make sure you send us in and send us a direct message with all your details. Uh, a ripping question, mate. So congratulations. That was the Social Club. Plenty more real adventures after the break. Gearing up for Dometic. Always stay relaxed and hydrated wherever your adventure takes you with Dometic's rugged drinkware. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. Our special guest this morning is the General Manager of JM Gillies and Director of Life Jacket Solutions Australia, Bill Parsons. Good morning, Billy. Morning. Thanks, gents. Now, off the back of... Off the back of uh, COVID lockdowns in Victoria, that obviously changes um, JM Gilly's business quite substantially this week. How does it straight away affect your business and the day-to-day dealings uh, over the last couple of days uh, and what next next week will be? Look, we'll, um, we'll, a few will work from home that um, you know would normally work in the office and then we'll have a, a skeleton crew running the warehouse Doing what we do, being a national supplier, we're still allowed to to uh, get stuff out, but it, uh, it does have an impact. And although it's it's not ideal, hopefully it's only seven days, and then we're back into it. Um, you know, this time next week. One of those um, companies that you do supply are the Tassie Devil Lures. Um, talk to us a bit about Tassie Devils because they're an iconic lure um, that are iconically Australian. Um, and off the back of the Australia Made Week campaign, which has been, um, you know, there's been a huge amount sort of spoken of it throughout the week around supporting uh, Aussie manufacturing. Uh, it's a great Australian brand, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's probably our most iconic brand. So we've been uh, distributing um, Tassie Devils for about 40 years now, where we actually acquired the company uh, from a Tasmanian family uh, about three or four years ago. So. The factory still is the factory down in Tasmania. Everything's made down there. Uh, we've, we've employed about eight staff and and uh, it really is a, a, a brand that Tasmanians are very proud of. So, um, and, you know, the manufacturing is, is a, uh, to, to be able to manufacture an Australian product and sell it all over the world, uh, you know, it's, it's a, that's a real success story. When I have gone fishing to target uh, the target trout and whatnot, it's always the Tassie Devil that I always look at at look at purchasing, but what actually, Bill? What is it trying to replicate? The Tassie Devil in itself, like you can see in the middle of it, there's some sort of shape of a fish, but then there's wings on the side of it to create actions, and the hook 
rig. Take us through the whole pattern, what actually goes into uh, making it, uh, making it efficient to catch fish. Well, I think I think the action is probably what catches the fish. You know, it, it's very unique, um, you know, in its action, but it works on on trout species all over the world. So we sell a lot to Russia and we sell a lot to US. So there's something that those salmon and trout species like about that that swaying action. And you can obviously adjust. If you, you can bend a Tassie devil and, and get a different action out of it, you know, you can flatten it and get some more speed or you can bend it upwards and get some more action. So it probably is that that unique action that, that must attract, um, you know, those trout and salmon species. So... Yeah, it's just it's an interesting one. It's a very unique lure. Obviously, as you said, you, you, you mentioned a few different places that you supply. Where's been sort of the most intriguing place over the years that you've received orders from? Because it's a it's a pretty incredible story for a little um, a little town in Tassie to be manufacturing and then eventually distributing lures that would then go over the entire world and really change the face. Uh, of freshwater fishing, it's it's such a great success story for us to to have. Yeah, well, it's in thirty countries, so there's thirty countries that um, that buy from us. Obviously, New Zealand, you know, the the main countries that you would expect uh, it to be successful in. But they also go to Japan. You know, there's a big distributor of them in Japan, and given some of the quality of the lures um, that the Japanese make, that's probably the you know our biggest success story is that we can have a, a lure made in Tasmania, um, you know, which is, which is, although very basic, there's a, there's a lot of tech built into it. And then we can sell it in a country like Japan where, you know, they probably make, you know, the world's best lures, you know, it's, it's, um, it's something that we're obviously extremely proud of and, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a great success story. Bill, now I have spoken to so many different tackle stores and people <laughs> right around, uh, right around. I guess the whole fish industry of people have actually used Tassie Devils to catch fish. Everyone always resorts back to the Tassie Devil, but one thing that I have noticed is there's so many different ways to actually rig them up and use them. Uh, whether you're running, they're modified a lot. Every modified something. Yeah. Some a- people are running. Absolutely. Take us through your best way to actually set them up because. Trout season is upon us. We're in the cold temperatures now. The fish are coming up. They're going to be feeding our lakes and whatnot right around Victoria here. What do you recommend the best way to actually rig a Tassie Devil up to get, I guess, the best results? This is the best way to get in an argument because everyone's going to have their own... But Bill is the general the, manager of, of how, Tassie Devils in itself. Everyone's going to have their own view on, no, this is how you have to fish them. I've been fishing with them for 30 years. If it doesn't work, Bill, I'm ringing you back. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they used to come and you can still buy the wires. They, there used to be a wire that used to fit up through the middle with a, with a treble attached and then you'd just literally tie on the end of that, that wire but what happens then is that when you hook a trout, it gives, the weight is then fixed, um, you know, where, where you hook the fish. So that lead weight, you know, that that's pretty much the lure allows the, the trout to throw it. So, you know, I don't know how many years ago uh, a lot of the guys would just get rid of the wire and then pass mono line straight up through the hole, put a bead in and then tie a treble on. And then that morphed into line up through the middle bead and then a single hook, you know, and some of the quality of the single hooks these days is, is 
exceptional. So the hookup rate, I think with a the line going through the middle with a bead and then a single hook, as long as it's the right shaped hooks, you know, it's like a siwash hook or a you know, a, a hook designed for trolling is, is I think the best way to troll and the most effective way, you know, once the, once the hook, uh, once the, the fish hooks up on the lure and it's got a, the, the mono line running up the middle of it, the, the weight of the lure runs up the line and you're literally just fighting the fish straight on, on a, on a single hook and yet you, you very rarely lose a fish, a trout once you've hooked them on a single. So I think that's probably the, uh, that's what I would suggest you know, for those that are out doing it a fair bit and, and you know, trialling a lot, whether it be on downriggers or flatlining, that's probably the most um, successful way that that I would that I would suggest that, that, that they're rigged. So. Tassie Devil Lures, they are a great Australian success story. Uh, Billy, talk to us about response life jackets. It's something that uh, you're, you've gone into. It's been a bit of a COVID baby. Take us through the development of this. It's a really exciting inif- initiative from you guys. Look, the good thing, the good thing with this is, is it, it is a COVID baby. So where we would have been travelling and, and going to trade shows and, and doing all that sort of stuff, we, we had to, I suppose, occupy our times and, and create a, 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 you know, a, a new business opportunity. So this is where you know, the life jackets um, you know, the response life took off. So there's a lot involved in, in designing, developing, approving, certifying a life jacket. You know, it, it really is a 12-month project, you know, and, and a huge amount of work has to go into it. And we've been very lucky with the timing of, of um, you know, the, the our sort of introduction to life jackets because a lot of new standards have just come onto the market. A lot of new safety uh, has been introduced. The mechanisms for the inflatables, you know, there's a lot of new mechanisms that also make the jackets a lot safer. So we've come in at what we think is the perfect time. You know, it, you know, necessity obviously, you know, during COVID created this, but then you know we look back now and say, hey, it wouldn't have been a better time to to get into the life jacket market. Everyone wants to go out on the water. Um, Safety is a big thing, and you know we've we've timed it with the release of uh, you know a lot of new standards, a lot of new mechanisms that make not only the servicing, but the safety of the jackets, um, you know, a lot better than, than some of the old standards. So. And when can we expect to see these in, in, in market, Bill? Uh, probably the first stock will hit stores in July. Um, you know, obviously the life jackets, it's not a great time of the year, especially for us down south July. But, yeah, that's when the first stock will arrive, which will be sort of 12 months, 12 months from the date that we that we started this this business so it is time consuming everything has to be audited and 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 the safety and aspect of you know the compliance is is really strict um so yeah at the same time we were getting a lot of these standards certified the same person doing certification was also certifying respirators and masks and and all sorts of other things for for COVID so there's been some challenges along the way you know Production's a challenge. Everything's a challenge at the moment. The, the inflators that that are in the inflatable life jackets that actually make the, the jacket inflate. There's there's uh, production issues, you know, right around the world with those. And so, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of challenges. But you know, the the, um, the jackets will arrive July, and uh, we're looking forward to it. It should be really exciting. Has it been before we let you go? Has it been, you know, in in many ways such an extraordinary, you know, twelve eighteen months for not only the boating industry, but 
but the fishing industry. You know, COVID hits. It's you know, where is the business at? Are people going to buy? And all of a sudden, the industry booms. Ha- has it been incredible to to live and breathe it every day from the first news of a pandemic to just the incredible uptake in fishing and and where we're seeing people embrace the great outdoors again within our own country? Yeah, well, this time, well, probably April last year, um, you know, we, we were scratching for where, where our next dollar was going to come from and we were sitting down working out, you know, how are we going to get through this? And, and then that was probably the first two weeks of April and then the second two weeks of April, all of a sudden, you know, fishing and the outdoors and, and people using it as an excuse to exercise meant that all, you know, fishing just exploded. And right through May, June, July, August, you know, we've just seen record month after record month after record month. Um, you know, I think people have made the, the conscious decision to, to get out and into the outdoors and, you know, get away from, you know, indoor venues and poker machines and all that sort of stuff and probably get out with the family and enjoy the outdoors where they probably felt a lot more comfortable and, and then fishing was a, and, and boating was a beneficiary of, of that lifestyle change. You know, you hear so many stories about people moving to, to country areas and getting out of the city and with that comes fishing and, and you know, the, the boating and, and the, the general outdoors. So we'll probably never have a sales period like what we've seen in the last, 12 months but I guess with travel restricted for the next you know 6 to 12 months you know a lot of people are going to be holidaying in Australia and that means fishing so it's you know it really is a good pastime for people to get into it's a healthy pastime and and I think that that's that's good for everyone particularly our industry we've been very lucky if we compare ourselves to some other industries so certainly has been Bill we really appreciate you coming on Real Adventures this morning not only talking about the the fishing industry in in general but uh, Response Life Jackets as well as Tassie Devils which is a great Australian company Uh, thanks for your time on Real Adventures mate thank you appreciate it enjoy thank you that was gearing up for Dometic mobile living made easy Red's Review for Club Marine. Insure your boat with Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Call and ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. And now it's time for Red's Review for Club Marine. And sorry, Redman, we've chewed into a bit of your time uh, for your review this morning. Short but sweet. Very short but sweet. It is the Jumbuck Bunnings Mini Spit Roaster. And people say, oh, you've laid everyone's jumped onto this. Well, for those that haven't, (laughs) and we're in COVID lockdown, I got this three three Christmases ago. The first one that ever came out. It was the first one. (laughs) Now it looks like a rust bucket. But it... uh, Honestly, this thing is probably one of the best uh, investments Curry has ever gotten me. <laughs> it's amazing. You send me videos all the time. I love cooking. A- around dinner time of something that is just slowly spinning. And I must admit, it, it looks amazing, but I've never bothered to take the time to put that effort into cooking. But you're a massive rap for it. The thing is, time flies when you're having fun and sitting there watching meat spin for some reason a six hour cook feels like two so you can cook some beautiful meats on the spit it's super easy to use it comes with a oh, we'll call it the, the big spike in the middle it comes through that bit you shove on the meat on and you've got your two um, claws at the end that 
grab onto the meat and hold it in position. I like to uh, roll mine up with a cooking string as well. Jousting sticks. Jousting sticks, that'll do. And they're 80 bucks from Bunnings. Let's be honest, it's a game changer. For $80, I have taken this away camping in South Australia to Robe when we did the beaches. I've taken it. It goes from Gibbsy's place. Well, not anymore because we're not allowed to go to our friends. But it used to go from Gibbsy's place to mine to Sam's. It always fits in the back of the ute. It, uh, I just hose it down with a pressure washer when I'm done with it, once every six months. But honestly, the Jumbuck Bunnings Mini Spit Roaster is my review this week. Head to Bunnings if you're allowed. $80 you can get yourself on. We are a national-based radio. Like, we're big news. That's what I said, if you're this allowed. This is going right around the country. If you are allowed. go get. Honestly, go get yourself one. It's a Mini Spit Roaster. I think it fits up to 10 kilos of meat. I often do a chook on one side and then a pork up the other and I vary my times. And... Uh, that's when we have people over and whatnot. You know, it's Mate, got more room it. than anything. I, I get, I get it. I get you disappointed. I'll wrap the review up then. I get you disappointed. It's your job, but get over the fact <laughs> that you are locked at home for a bit. Well, I can't wait till uh, you're in the hub, and I'll say the same. Plenty more room adventures <laughs> after the break. That was Red's review for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Get a quote from Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's Tip. Red, what do you have for us this weekend, old boy? It's going into the Murray Crayfish. Now, ah, yes. they are they are literally about to come back into action. And I guess just after we're, hopefully we're allowed out as of as yeah. of when, when and, and actually target these species. Those lucky bastards, they're fine. <laughs> no yeah, one, they're safe. No, to, no <laughs> well, the open, for them. The opening season starts while we are in lockdown. It starts on the 1st of June. And it, uh, the opening season, uh, sorry, open season, 1st of June to 31st of August. Are we cruising around? Yeah, where hey, is it? Phil, what? how good's this? <laughs> no red beard chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> Minimum size length is 10 centimetres, the carapace, but it also has a max size of 12 centimetres, the carapace. So, and that's the part that people need to remember. A bit like Murray, Murray Cod. There is a max Murray size. Murray Cod, or you meant crayfish. No, I'm Murray Cod. Oh, is no, it, you're right. It's the max sorry. size of Murray Cod. Yes, there is. You are right. I apologise. So first we're mistake gonna... and last mistake I'll make. Uh, your bag limit is two per person. Possession is a massive one. Now, the reason I say this is four craze in your possession. Yep. And this is at any household and wherever you are. Now, what I mean by this is if you and I go up with, well, not allowed, but we keep saying that, if you and I go up to the Murray River and we're having a sleepover up there with a few mates and we've got the fire cranking on the beach and we're having a brilliant time. We're there for three or four days. Yep. We get our craze on the first day. That doesn't mean I can take my two craze today, two to the next day, two to the next day, two to the next day, and Bob can't do them as well. You, I can, for that whole time that you're staying on the Murray, you're only allowed to pee in possession gotcha. of four at once, which is two per day. Now, different rules and regs for different places around the whole, uh, I guess, targeting this species, wherever yeah. you are going to chase them, but do yourself a favor before you go somewhere. Download the Fisheries Vic app if you haven't already. It's a ripping app. Download it. They'll go through the details for your hoop netting and what you need to actually do specifically. Uh, so it's a, fish, a Fisheries Victoria app. You can download it on any smartphone. And if you don't have it and you are a fisho, yeah, I'd highly advise you to get it because it's got everything you need in the palm of your hand. And that is Red's tip this week. And it is now time for the flying gaff, Patrick. And uh, I've got a gaff I want to say, but I'll let you speak. All right. Well, I'll give you two seconds. What's your gaff? The contact tracing team. Like four, four goes at it. Every state gets it right, except us. 
Caught more waves than Mick Fanning at the moment. <laughs> I, I stole that joke. <laughs> I actually haven't heard that. That was very good. Well, no, but serious. The, the joke was Kelly Slater, but I thought I'd, I'd throw an Aussie spin on it. So you've like transferred it into your own. Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, my my flying gaff, Redmond, um, is for anyone, and this is happening a bit at the moment. And I understand. I like like my cars as much as the next person, but I don't necessarily love them. I like a car too. I'm with you. Same boat as you. But at the moment, there are some car auctions that are happening. Peter Brock's old uh, Holden, a million dollars. It's not one of those old-looking things that people think are cool and they make loud noises. Well, that's what exa- that's exactly what it is. Oh, yeah. Owned by Peter Brock, so <laughs> I get it's pretty. It's a pretty special element. Um, it was his daily driver. It went over a million dollars. But the other one <laughs> that I could not believe was there was a Ford Falcon ESP V8. Looks like rubbish. Done 60, <laughs> 60 Ks on the clock, nearly 40 years old, and I think my pa had this car. <laughs> 355 grand. You can get a Riviera 40 that hasn't done maybe less than 500 hours, not necessarily a hard top, and you can cruise around everywhere. You can get out of Victoria on the thing. There will be listeners on here that really respect their cars and... We don't. <laughs> well, I don't. Well, this is a boating show. I know we're talking about the outdoors. Anyway. So you're saying sell it and buy a Riviera. <laughs> don't buy it. Buy a Riviera. Don't buy it and buy it. Yeah. Fair call. Anyway. I'm not going to be on the water. If that's going to end the segment. <laughs> this this ends the segment. And you know what? It's probably overdue. It hasn't been one of our best today. But we'll take it under advice <laughs> next week. And hopefully we'll be here. We might still be You know what? Here. Thursday, I might actually have a report on Friday if we're allowed out. I look forward to it. So do I. We'll see you on the water. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.